Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Your home for the Richmond Flying Squirrels, the Virginia Tech Hokies, VCU Basketball, and the Washington Commanders. Every Commanders game can be heard here in Richmond on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free, and you can search 910 The Fan to hear AWOD Radio Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. It gives you the ability to pause the show, rewind, and then pick up right where you left off. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, you can hear him on the Odyssey app and on the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. It's Craig Hoffman. What's going on, Craig? What's up, Adam? How are you, man? I'm doing great. So tomorrow we will officially turn the page from week two to week three and take our first look at the Bills. But right now with you, I want to rewind to Sunday and discuss, I mean, how the hell did Washington win that game? How did they erase an 18-point deficit and get their best road victory since 2005? I mean, I think it's maturity and resilience are the two words that I keep going back to. Like, they have shown that they will just keep playing and that they will trust what they're supposed to do. So the resilience is, like, don't get down on yourself. Just keep, you know, keep everybody's head up. Attitude is good. You're not defeated when bad stuff happens to you. And maturity is not trying to get it all back at once. Trust that Eric Bieniemy, if you give him 60 minutes, he'll get you a game plan that can score 30, 35 points in a game. And they just kept plugging away, plugging away. Defensively, I have no doubt that Jack Del Rio like walked up and down the sideline and just went, long game, boys, stick with it. And they, they did. They cleaned up some of the mental mistakes and stopped giving up big plays. And everything changed on that Jamin Davis fumble. You know? and, and something that I think Ron said afterwards that I liked is, you know, for the first quarter and a half, everyone was looking for someone else to make a play. And he's like, go be the playmaker. And Jamin Davis was the playmaker. The play changed everything in that game. And then they they went on and and were able to exploit a whole bunch of different stuff on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean, Jamin Davis was flying across the field. Uh, the you, you know, you watch the replay of the play in which he causes the fumble. And then there's another play late in the game where Russell throws uh, rolls to his right and Jamin just crushes him. I didn't realize he was that fast at the linebacker position. He is flying around the field. I mean, that's why he was a first-round pick. Like, his physical traits are out of this world. For a guy that big, I don't, I don't know if you got to training camp at all or the last time you, you were uh, up here and got out to Ashburn, but, like, that's a big dude, and he is every bit of four five, four four forty fast. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that's the difference. Is like, if that's David Mayo on the, the play that he causes a fumble, like, David Mayo runs Russell out of bounds for a two-yard gain, and it's, it's not a big deal. Like, he's capable of doing that. Jamin gets there so fast that it's a sack behind the line of scrimmage, and he gets him before he gets out of bounds and forces a fumble. That's why Jamin Davis was a first-round pick. Now he's just got to continue to play consistently, which I think he's been doing pretty well for almost, you know, I don't say a year and a half, but second half of last year into this year. And I, I think there's going to be continued discussion about whether he should be playing a hundred percent of the snaps compared to Cody Barton. But yeah, man, like the, the thing that makes him special and the potential to be one of the better linebackers in football, if he can put it all together is the physical traits, the size, the speed, the strength, but the speed is, is probably most, uh, most freakish amongst them. Yeah, Craig, and as the defense as a whole, you mentioned it, maturity is a great word. I mean, a few seasons ago, Literally, Jonathan Allen and Ron Payne fighting each other on the sideline. Now the whole team is pumping each other up, and the defense is starting to play at the level we all hoped they would play at. Do we deserve? Should we be giving Jack Del Rio more credit? 
Um, I mean, it depends on how much credit you're giving him now, probably. If you're not giving him credit, yes, give Jack Del Rio more credit. If you're not giving him a lot of credit, give him more credit. Um, he's done a really good job with this this unit. They've got to figure out the starts of games. They've continually started slow, and you know you don't want to put your team in a hole seemingly every week, but their ability to stop the bleeding fairly quickly uh, or and or create plays themselves later in games has been good. And that is the thing that I think is really – telling of coaching and of these players is they seemingly get better as the game goes on and some of the plays they make late in that game and obviously the Hail Mary is a disaster but if that doesn't happen the way they close that game is very strong you know they they make Russell Wilson in Denver and a point where they're down two scores and are trying or should be trying at least I mean I, I think it's also worth pointing out just to pause that thought mid-sentence here if we're doing Denver talk radio this week, like we're crushing Sean Payton. There's a bunch of stuff in that game where you're just like, what, how, like you were killing them. You stopped doing all the stuff you were doing that when you were killing them. Why did you do that? Also, there was no urgency in the fourth quarter when you're down two scores, which led you to need a hail Mary and thank God for your sake, you completed it. But like, what, what the, what? Um, so outside of the hail Mary, like they make, Denver used 15 plays to eventually get a field goal at the end of that game. And that's from Montez Sweat and and Chase Young getting sacks, um, pressures from different places, like good zone blitz calls and mixing it up. And I I think Jack really got a beat on some of the stuff that Denver's offense was doing and was able to better position his players to get in, you know, good one-on-one matchups, good coverages that they can execute better. And that obviously didn't happen in the first three drives, but you make those adjustments in-game and uh, you give yourself a chance to win. Offensively, the team scores, uh, you know, 11, or what was it, 11 points there in like four minutes, and all of a sudden we have a ball game going to half. I I told my friend I was watching with, I was like, after that horrible display in the first quarter, the fact that it is a one-score game, I like our chances. And Eric Bieniemy, the way he calls games is oppressive. My favorite thing he did, Craig, was the use of the screen pass. Three running back screens, one to tight end Cole Turner, slowed down the Denver pass rush, and they got explosive chunk plays off of it. They did, and if you would like far too much detail on these plays, uh, the Take Command podcast that they do with Logan Paulson, we do like a short mini episode on our non-full pod day. So today, uh, called Take 5, and we did a deep dive into the four screen. So if you want an absurd amount of detail from Logan Paulson on these, uh, by all means, subscribe to Take Command. Shameless plug over. Um, yeah, it, for years, like decades at this point, Andy Reid has been the best screen coach uh, in the entire NFL. And obviously Eric Bieniemy worked for Andy for a decade and took a lot of that from him, uh, was there as a player, ran some of those screens as a player at the end of his career under Andy when Eric was an NFL running back. So what I think makes the screen game so special in this offense and and under these coaches is that there's an attention to detail that lets these become big plays. And it's not just what's happening in front of the, you know, the blocking and all that kind of stuff. There's a setup element to when they are called, there is offensive linemen making sure that they peel back and don't let the ball carrier get caught from behind. There's on one of those, I think it's the Robinson screen off to the right. Like Sam Cosme does a great job of getting out in front, but staying within one yard of line of scrimmage and looking over his shoulder to make sure that Robinson has caught the ball. 
because if he gets downfield too early, it's an ineligible man downfield. It's a penalty. Big play comes back. Instead, like that attention to detail that they use on the install ensures that the big play is actually a big play. And so it, there is just so much good stuff. As you mentioned, like it does help slow down the pass rush. Um, you know, it, they just misdirection them and, and, you know, the enemy's ability to just destroy whatever Vance Joseph wants to do is uh, it's been a consistent theme of the two men since they got in the NFL, which is hilarious because they are childhood friends. And that is a very one-sided rivalry. And in this particular case, Eric Bieniemy didn't even need Patrick Mahomes to do it. Craig, great stuff, man. I appreciate you taking the time to join the show, man. Absolutely. Have a great rest of your show. I hear the flying squirrels are all the rage down there. Go flying squirrels, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yep, we call it have fun, go nuts, Craig. <laughs> At, have fun, go nuts. What a what a life motto. <laughs> there we go. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. AWOD Radio. Every weekday from noon to 3 on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Your home for playoff baseball at the Diamond. Tonight, the Richmond Flying Squirrels host game one of the Eastern League Championship. And that game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan. I'm broadcasting live from the broadcast booth here as they're working out. I can see the players stretching and and going through their warm-ups. It looks like a lot of them are, are doing some yoga poses that, uh, that I could do because my back is killing me this morning. My back's hurting. I woke up with a neck sting- a stinger. Zach, I am battling through all of the injuries here Dude, today. you're playing hurt. I'm we playing hurt. About you. you know what? Yeah, exactly. You're never going to see me call out because of a, a neck injury. Shout-out to Chase Young. All right, I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. And joining me right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline for a little volume control, it's my boy Travis Thomas. What's going on, Double T? Reporting for duty in the AWOD Army, sir. By the way, I've known you for so long. I've actually worked jobs that neither one of us like, and I've seen you show up sick for work. That's the dedication. That's the toughness of my boys. Me and Travis Thomas did a whole football season where we would show up at 8 a.m. and not leave until 8 p.m., and nobody gave us our damn credit, but we were warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us now, brother. Look at us now. Yep, yep. We're having a great time, both of us doing our own shows. So, uh, why don't you tell the, a little, the audience a little bit about where they can check you out now? Uh, I'm on Nesson, man. I'm up in Boston. I'm on Nesson TV. Uh, you can check us out Monday through Friday. I host two shows at 1 p.m. and 5.30 every day. Uh, you can also catch us on the Nesson 360 app if you're out of the Boston market, obviously. So uh, working hard, man. I do uh, radio as well here in Boston on WEEI on the weekends. I'm just uh, living the dream, much like yourself, my man. What is the worry level from audience members for the New England Patriots' 0-2 start after the 24-17 loss to the Dolphins? It's funny. I've noticed since I've been in Boston, they don't really worry here. They just either complain <laughs> or, <they'll, laughs> or they're enraged. Yeah. So what happens is when they're winning, they complain because it wasn't done a certain way. And then when they're losing – 
they are enraged. So right now, uh, they're at a rage level. Uh, I mean, you know, ever since Tom Brady left, Belichick's making a lot of decisions that the fans and the media are scratching their heads at. And obviously on the field, the on-the-field product since post-Brady, one playoff appearance, and you got smoked uh, with that playoff appearance, and you have not been back since. So, you know, 0-2 now, things not looking well, and it's the same old story around here. You know, good defense, and the offense just looks plain boring. Yeah, and the team falls to 0-2, but he did do a good job getting all the headlines. Sports radio stations around the country have been talking about the guy that ran before the snap and then got right into the backfield and blocked the field goal. I mean, how incredible is that, and how is it that nobody else around the league ever thought to do that? (laughs) Well, I think it's credit to Bill Belichick. It almost reminds me a lot on a smaller scale, because I'm a college football guy, of Beamer ball for all those years at Virginia Tech. What did you know with Frank Beamer's teams? You knew they were going to run the ball. You knew they were going to play good defense. And you knew they were going to be special on special teams every single stinking year. (laughs) That was the system. And they rotated players and rotated quarterbacks. And they had lean years where they struggled a bit. Then they had great years where they go on these runs. But that was the staple. I think that with Belichick teams, you know, he always has solid special teams. Usually his teams don't turn the ball over, although this season they're not off to a good start, and they play great defense. And then if you get special at quarterback, we see what can happen. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Travis Thomas with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. So, Travis, uh, earlier in the show on NFL Hits, I ranked the nine undefeated teams in the National Football League. And number one right now for me is the Miami Dolphins. I put the 49ers at two, Ravens three, Eagles four, Cowboys five, six commanders. Just happy we're in this discussion. Seven Bucks, eight Saints, nine Falcons. Who do you think are the top few teams in the NFL right now? Yeah, I don't have a problem with your list. The only place I'd really make a swap, I'd put the Dallas Cowboys over the Eagles right now. You know, I got a good look at the Eagles in week one. They came here to Foxborough, and, you know, they jumped out to a 16 to nothing lead, and it was all predicated on turnovers. You know, the Patriots had a pick, they had a fumble, and the Eagles were able to capitalize off that before their offense even got going. So, naturally, you're thinking, oh, boy, here we go. You know, it's going to be a long afternoon for the Patriots. And that defense really shut that Eagles offense down. So I was looking for them to have a bounce back this week. They did not. Uh, I just, you know, something's off there. And Dallas is quick on on all cylinders. Offense and the defense looks ridiculous. So I would put Dallas over them. But other than that, I, I really don't have a problem with that list at all. So you spent a lot of time in Washington and Unfortunately, the team was never good. <laughs> they just weren't. You know, you had a year here or a four-game stretch there where they'd get hot and get into the postseason. But now the dark cloud is gone. Dan Snyder sold the team. Josh Harris has improved the fan experience at training camp. He's improved the fan experience at FedEx Field. They went on the road thanks to Eric Bieniemy. I mean, how awesome is this that we're talking about a 2-0 Commanders football team? Yeah, uh, no question. Look, I'm going to push back a little bit. I always thought that team was decent. I thought they didn't have any competent quarterback play. Mm. 
Mm. I was not a fan of the Heineke experience. Uh, and then we know all the missteps even before that and trying to find the right person, uh, Fitzpatrick and Wentz, and it was just a mess. So, you know, I always felt like the roster was ready to win. They needed competent quarterback play, not even great competent, um, not even great quarterback play. And now I think they're getting more than competent from Sam Howe. Look, you know, this past week really sold me. I, I thought they should have annihilated Arizona. It was close. So in my head, I said, same old commanders. And then against Denver on the road, against a team playing a little bit better under Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, Wilson is playing a little bit better under Sean Payton. Sam Howe outplayed Russell Wilson. I mean, throwing pretty much for three bills. I was impressed with it. He made the plays where Wilson could not. Um, and I know the Hail Mary and all that, but I don't care. You didn't, you know, you didn't get the two-point conversion. So, to me, Howe made the plays where you couldn't. And if they continue to get that at the quarterback position, this will absolutely be a wild card team. Absolutely, Travis. So the last thing I want to ask you here, look, you are familiar with the Buffalo Bills from the AFC East as you're, with your time there covering the Patriots. Do you give the commanders a fighting shot here at home against a team with Josh Allen who struggled a little bit to start the season? Well, he struggled in the first game. You know, I mean – I thought last week he looked a lot better. He looked um, more on, on track and, and more to what we're used to. And a big reason of that is because the Raiders' defense stinks. Okay, and the Jets' defense is good. <laughs> so I'm thinking when the Commanders play them this week, you're going to get a little bit in between both. So I don't think you're going to get great Josh Allen, but you're certainly not going to get bad him either. That is likely, in my mind, good enough to beat the Commanders. This is where I find value, and you know I'm in the betting world. Yep. I look at that touchdown line in that game at six and a half. I think by game time we could see that at seven. Um, even if it stays at six and a half, I like the commanders to cover the number. If you told me this came down to a field goal, you know, it wouldn't shock me, and obviously that's a coin flip game. But I lean in way of the Bills by three to four points in this game simply because of Josh Allen. Travis, it was fun catching up with you, man. Follow Travis Thomas on social media, at Travis Thomas EXP. Thanks a lot, dude. My man, always a pleasure. Yep, we'll do this again soon. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Spend your afternoons with Adam Epstein. AWOD Radio, every weekday at noon on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. we got Zach McHugh, the voice of God, behind the scenes, behind the glass, producing the show. And, Zach, it feels so great to be out here at the Diamond for some playoff baseball. We're always doing AWOD on the road uh, for VCU basketball and for ACC kickoff. But I love AWOD on the road at the Diamond. Because I could have walked to work this morning. <laughs> That's how easy it was. You guys are really uh, having a good day out there. I'm jealous, but I'm I'm playing in a supporting role. <laughs> but I, I'm so pumped for you guys. That's awesome. You're the press box yeah. at the Diamond. Funville in full effect tonight, having fun, going nuts. Yeah, you're our relief pitcher right now. Okay, so I'm coming out of the that. pen. All well, right. Joining us right now from the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hot Seat, the owner of Center of the Universe, it's Chris Ray. What's going on, Chris? Hanging out. How y'all doing? We're doing great, man. So love having you on the show, and I thought this would be a perfect opportunity. 
because we're talking to playoff baseball here in Richmond, and, and you've seen this city rally around this team. It's going to be electric tonight, man. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it, there's something that happens to the players, to the fans, once it gets into playoff time. It's just like a renewed energy. It's like a opening day kind of atmosphere, and it's it's just a lot of fun for everybody. Absolutely. And when we talk playoff baseball and you're a guy that played in the major league, what kind of extra energy is running through these players' bodies? Are, are they getting butterflies in their stomach, you think? Um, a little bit. You get a little butterflies in there. But, but really the biggest thing is the, the energy just kills any kind of aches and pains that you might have. I mean, you, you go out there, you feel 100%. you got the crowd behind you. And it's like I said, it's like you're starting a brand-new season. It's, it really is it's something that's difficult to describe. It's, it's just an excitement that, that can be overwhelming. Yeah, and I think you could say playoff baseball – it's completely different than any other sport because with baseball you play so many damn games but then it comes down to just nine innings you know with nfl it's like you play 16 but then you're playing four quarters and i do think you get more upsets in playoff baseball because of that yeah definitely i mean you've got five people in the starting rotation during the year you have a best of three game series so really it's it's the cream of the crop that you're putting out there and pitching and and playing and it's it's just an elevated game We've got Carson Seymour on the mound tonight here. I've been holding this baseball all day. How does it feel holding that baseball, man? feels pretty good. I, I do feel a little bit of pain in my arm just kind of <laughs> holding this thing right now. But, no uh, way. <laughs> but, but always, always kind of enjoy, uh, you know, tossing it around, and, you know, especially with these, uh, these balls with the bigger seams on them. It brings back some memories. Yeah, so what do you think the key is for Carson Seymour on the mound tonight for the Squirrels? Uh, I was saying – you know, he's got to go out there and do his thing, but I, they need the bats to help him out so that the crowd can get into it because if there's two outs here and he's on the mound, it's gonna, or two strikes, it's going to get really loud. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is to turn the inning over. Get, the, get, okay. get your guys back out there uh, to hit. Get the momentum on your side. Uh, but more than anything, go out there and just do what you normally do. You know, this is the same hitters, same game, three strikes, same strike zone. You just go out there and, and you concentrate on doing what, what got you to this point. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. we got Chris Ray hanging out with us here at the broadcast booth for the Richmond Flying Squirrels. And so you've joined the show a few times, but for my audience members that are, are new to listening now or, or forgot, rewind a little bit to your career in the major leagues and then how you got here to Richmond. Sure. Um, so I'm, I was born and raised in Tampa, Florida, and then came up to William & Mary for college, played baseball there, and then was drafted my junior year by the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Uh, in 2005, I, I broke into the big leagues with them, and uh, I've spent about seven seasons in the big leagues with Baltimore, Texas, San Francisco, and Seattle. Uh, met my wife while I was in college. She's from Hanover County, and so we made this our home. I love that. And so then you came up with the idea to start Center of the Universe. That's right. I mean, I figured I drank enough during the season <laughs> that I'm going to need to be able to, uh, to, to provide my own beer, you know, once I'm, once I'm done playing. And so we uh, started a brewery. But um, no, I, just, I, I, love, I love craft beer. I, I love the community of it. You know, just being able to work with your hands and, and produce something that you get to watch somebody enjoy. So you were drafted by the Baltimore Orioles, and now the Orioles are back in the postseason. That's right. I mean, what an amazing team they have right now. And this is just the start. Yeah. I mean, they, their their minor league system is ridiculously loaded. I mean, there's there's no reason for them to go out there and overspend on on big pieces. They can keep that money in house with their own guys, and you know, this is something. You know, really, if they do it right, it could it could turn into a to a dynasty. We're broadcasting live from the Diamond ahead of the playoff game tonight for the Richmond Flying Squirrels, game one of the Eastern League Championship. And this is certainly a huge event for the city tonight. There was also a great event over the weekend, Oktoberfest. I was telling you, I went there Friday, 
spent about three or four hours, went back Saturday, was there all day. I got to try the center of the universe brewski. How cool is that to be involved with that event? It's amazing. I mean, they do a great job supporting local breweries there. It's a, they do a really good job with the event itself. And, I mean, this is my favorite time of year to drink beer. It's the fall. You have, you know, your Oktoberfest coming out, mm-hmm. uh, your other dark beers and uh, this is where you can kind of uh, lean into the beer a little bit, in my opinion. So you're in the beer-making world. Do you have any new beers that you're coming out with? I'm um, sure. Well, we have our own Oktoberfest that's out right now. Um, we are about a week and a half away of releasing El Dudorino, our white Russian milk stout, which uh, has a lot of fans around here. We're, we're big into the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Um, and so we, uh, we, we <laughs> produce that beer in honor of the dude. Um, yeah. So that will be coming out here at uh, beginning of October. So you, you have your own Oktoberfest-type beer, though? That's right. It's a it's kind of a combination between a German Marzen and a Fest beer. It's nice and light, easy to drink, uh, worthy of you know drinking it one liter at a time. It's not going to weigh you down too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's available on draft all over the place as well as in 16-ounce uh, cans at uh, your local retailers. So where can people uh, come to check out that beer at? Um, you can come to the brewery um, if you, if you want to roll up there. You know, we've always have it on tap. We've got a, a, an indoor uh, tap room and an be- outdoor beer garden. We've got a, an arcade in there as well if you're looking for something for the kids to do while you're, you know, enjoying a beer. And, um, or you can visit one of the, uh, the, the many restaurants that carry that beer all around town. I love that. Do you have any um, events coming up that you guys want to promote? Uh, we actually have a, a really cool event that we're doing for the first time on October 7th. It's called the KOTU Grand Prix. Okay. Uh, we're teaming up with uh, Richmond Raceway Cares, and we've got these uh, four-wheel, giant, adult-sized big wheels, uh, so pedal power. And we're, uh, we're creating a course at the brewery uh, where you can actually get a team. You can sign a team up, uh, do some laps, win some prizes, and, uh, and raise money for a great cause. Man, that's, that is awesome. Yeah, that's I mean, a it's a great event. You know, we could make you work just a little bit, you know, for that beer after you cross the finish line, yeah. but not too much. Yeah. So how much how much beer do you drink now that you're in the beer world? I actually don't drink as as much as you, as you might think. You know, uh-huh. it's it's one of those things where you know obviously we're we're testing out beers on a daily basis. Right. Well, that's know, that, let's packaging. get into that though. So like, <laughs> is it just like a sip test? Because for me to test a beer, I kind of have to finish the can. Yeah, these are more more sip tests. So okay. we know what the beer tastes like. We're just making sure that it's that it's hitting all the the right notes, that it's properly carbonated and 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 suitable for for our patrons. But uh, you know. On the weekends, you know, I, I like to, to dabble in, in a bunch of different beers. I like to try different beers around Richmond. I mean, Richmond has an incredible amount of breweries and, and really good beer. And so, you know, you'll find myself getting some mixed packs and, and trying things out. Have you always had this good palate for tasting beer? I've had a, a good desire to drink beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think my, my palate is pretty good. Um, you know, but we, we rely a lot on our staff, um, mm-hmm. a lot of our production team that's been you know, brewing these beers over and over and over again. And, you know, that's one of the hardest things about, you know, owning a brewery is it's not really making good beer. It's it's making the same beer over and over and over again. That's really, you know, where, where I give my guys credit of, of, of having that kind of expertise and that, you know, pragmatic approach to their brewing to, to make sure that when someone gets a brewski, you know, in July, mm-hmm. it's going to taste the same as the brewski in December. And uh, they, they just do an amazing job. Hanging out with Chris Ray, owner of Center of the Universe, so how big is your team that helps put together all these beers? Uh, we've got uh, six full-time production uh, team, and then obviously we have our front-of-the-house staff and, and sales staff. Um, but our, uh, our production manager is, is also my, uh, my brother-in-law, Joseph. He's been with us for 11 years now, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, incredibly talented, super smart guy, and uh, you know, he keeps everything on track there and, and in line. And, and, of course, we have you know, our brewers and our cellarmen that, that take, the, take it from, from start to finish. So let's get back to this game tonight. I know I'll be in right field there, Stone Brewing Tent, 
having a few, a few beers and hanging out and watching the game with my friends. What, what do you think the keys are to the Squirrels to get a victory here, to start the series with a win at home? Get ahead. Yeah. Get ahead, get the crowd behind you. Um, you know, start having that other team thinking about game two. You know, as soon as you can get that in their head about how they're going to come back in game two, you've got the game one. But, you know, playoffs is all about momentum. It's who is playing the best baseball today. Um, the rest of those games, the 100 and, you know, whatever games they pay in the minor leagues, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how, how many times you got wins, how bad you beat the team that you're playing against. It it's really comes down to who's the better team on the field tonight. And the, and the squirrels jump out ahead. They're going to be in good shape. Yeah, and they are one of the hottest teams in baseball, winners of uh, four of their last five series uh, before the playoffs here. Chris, did you ever play in minor league postseason? Um, I did not, unfortunately. Um, we, we never, uh, we didn't really have any great seasons in the minor leagues. And really, you know, when I was playing, I never spent more than three months at one level, mm -hmm. um, which was which was great for me, but at the same time, never really got to, to taste that playoff experience. But, you know, I'll tell you from talking to other people, you know, anytime you get into a postseason situation, everybody wants to win. Yeah, and your experience in the minor leagues really shows you just how incredible it is what Richmond's done now two seasons in a row in the playoffs. I mean, I would love the opportunity just to play in front of this crowd in double-A. I mean, it's amazing how many people show up to this field and cheer on their team. Parney and the entire staff just do an amazing job creating an event. I mean, every game is an event here. You know, you come and there happens to be a baseball game on the field, but everything else going on, it just makes it feel like a real great family atmosphere. And, um, you know, Richmond has to be really pleased with, with what they've done. All right. Let my listeners know where is Center of the Universe located and what beer would you suggest members of the AWOD Army try? Um, so Center of the Universe is located um, right off of 95 uh, in between Lewistown and, uh, and Ashgate. And, uh, Try the Oktoberfest. I mean, you feel this weather outside. It is time for a nice malty beer. Yeah. Good, good stuff, man. I appreciate you stopping by. Oh, thanks for having me as always. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Yeah, well, the dude the binds. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from the diamond ahead of tonight's playoff baseball game. And, Zach, I'll tell you, I, I, I'm seeing the entire squad on the field right now. Uh, they're doing some long tossing, getting stretched out. Everyone's in their kind of warm-up uniforms here. Of course, they're they're, they're awesome red flying squirrel shorts and the T-shirts, and everyone's got their hats on here. And uh, I just love to watch them warm up here. A couple of them are actually throwing a football, like looking like they're getting ready for Tuesday night football here at the Diamond. And so whatever you got to do to get your body warmed up and ready to play baseball, I'm all in for it. I am fired up. We've had a great day today of shows broadcasting live from the Diamond. I joined MP on the mic for a segment. He's live in local from 10 to noon, where he had Trey, Blaine, and Parney. I've had Trey, Blaine, and Parney. And tonight, the Richmond Flying Squirrels host game one of the Eastern Division Championship against the Erie Seawolves, the AA affiliate of the Detroit Tigers. So this is the Southwest Division Series at the Diamond, best of three series. And look, this is a Squirrels team 
They went 46-29 and in their final 76 games. The best record in the league during that span. They started their season turnaround on June 18th when we talked to Trey Wilson about this. Heading into that final week of the season for the first half, they needed that series. They were able to go 14-2 over a 16-game stretch through July 6th and never fell below second place in the second half, and they claimed the second half division title. For Richmond tonight, it is going to be Carson Seymour on the mound in game one. This season, he ranked eighth in the Eastern League in the e with a 3.99 ERA, and um, he's just a, a big, strong pitcher after posting five Ks in his first 14 appearances or more. He posted 12 and a half Ks in 14 second half outings. And it's going to be a good one at the Diamond tonight. Squirrels against the Erie Seawolves. And, Zach, if we're just talking about a battle of the mascots here, yeah. I mean, the Flying Squirrels destroy the Seawolves. I mean, I would love to see Nutsy go squared up with a Seawolf. What the hell is a Seawolf anyway? I don't you know. know. That's kind of a made-up thing, just like uh, the Flying Squirrels. But that just means we have a better uh, CEO. Than, well, than eerie, obviously. Well, also a flying squirrel makes sense when you see a squirrel, you know, jump from a tree and he lands gracefully. You're like, man, that squirrel is flying. <laughs> I've never seen a wolf underwater, and I know for a fact that that uh, wolves are not going to swim well. You know, they're not dogs. Dogs could swim well. They should be the they should be the sea dogs. That's much better than sea wolves. Yeah, but it's still it doesn't even come close. Like no. Party was saying, I, I I'm so excited uh, for the city. I'm so excited for Parney. I, I don't want to jinx anything, of course, Adam, you know, mm -hmm. but like there's so many for a double A ball game, playoff game, there's so many juicy storylines, right? Like Parney's stepping back after this year, still closely involved, but, you know, in the day to day, yeah. uh, stepping back, you've got um, uh, a huge pitching matchup. The team has been on fire. Uh, great pitcher taking the mound tonight, throws absolute gas, but yeah. they've also just been on fire with the bats like they're just jacking the ball left and right out of the stadium it doesn't matter where they play the bats have been on fire it's pelf's birthday today <laughs> like there's there's a lot of juicy storylines but most of all it's just how romantic the city has been with this team and how people feel about uh, parney and the organization and just yeah. great family fun season after season i think it would just be so fitting for them to take the crown again i don't even like to say that let alone broadcast it, but it's you can't ignore it. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, there's so many great storylines, like you mentioned, and the difference from last year was the team was hot to start the year, and then, like typical minor league baseball, the Giants stole their best players. Well, this year, they got hot in the second half of the season. They're hot at the plate. They, they've got a hot pitcher, and I want to go back to the opponent for a second, the Erie Seawolves. Like, who the hell enjoys a night in Erie, Pennsylvania. I mean, it's just a terrible place to live. That's they're probably so happy that they're going to be coming to Richmond. And I'm looking at their logo. It is so lame. I mean, we got the Flying Squirrels. This is one of the greatest logos in the history of sports. The Erie Seawolf, they're doing like a pirate thing, and they've got one eye covered like, he, like he's wearing it. I mean, it makes no sense. I, I do not understand anything about the Erie Seawolves. I don't understand their logo. I don't understand how they came up with this name. And I want to kick their ass tonight, Zach. <laughs> I mean, do the yard goats make sense, too? Like, why are they in Hartford? What, is, yeah. what does that you know have what? to do with anything? We'll, we'll get into them next week. But right now, we're focusing in on the dumb, eerie sea wolves. Yes. And their wolf, he's like eating bats. 
in, in the logo. Like, like, who wants to put their mouth on a dirty bat like that? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Nutsy's going around high five babies, signing autographs. Yeah. We got Nutsy and we got Natasha. Yeah. You know, I don't see a, I don't see a backup mascot here for the Sea Wolves. They, they can only afford one guy. And you know what? He doesn't travel with the team. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for their 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 play-by-play -play guys to come here, so I can start making fun of them. They're probably overweight with double chins and losing their hair, right? <laughs> We've got Trey Wilson. That's a gorgeous man. He's a big guy. And Blaine McCormick, one of you know one of the best smiles in baseball. I mean, we could take their play-by-play -play guys on two and two in basketball, baseball, or football, and I guarantee you'd be a victory. And then if you want to take a step back and say, hey, how about we have the CEOs go head-to-head? -head? You know, oh. I'm taking Barney every day of the week. And twice on Sunday. <laughs> Dude, I, it's like the game is about to start. You're so fired up and ready to go with this. I know. I know. Is there, we gotta... Are there any monitors in the ballpark? Because I, uh, you might want to watch out on your way out of the press box. <laughs> well, they're officially taking some swings now at the plate. I'm waving to them from the broadcast booth. I, I, I've been making some noise here. I, I think they're hearing me. Yeah. So we're fired up. It's, uh, it's Grant and Danny, though, coming up next. They'll get you covered over the next... Uh, a few hours here with a bunch of commanders talk going around the NFL and recapping the Monday night football matchups before they send it back to Blaine McCormick at 6.05 for the pregame show. And then it's Trey and Blaine for the call tonight. Did I hear that tickets are 10 bucks, like yeah. as low as 10 bucks for tonight's game? Tickets are $10, general admission, still available. Right. I'm going home, I'm gonna walk home back to Scott's Edition. I'm gonna grab about seven or eight of my closest friends and we're gonna be at the game tonight. I mean, it's gonna be rocking, it's gonna be electric. I cannot wait for the playoff baseball game tonight. This is, this is Richmond's team. This is yeah. Richmond's team. They Let's own do the it. summer. Let's yep. close it out, boys. Yep. It's Grand Danny coming up next. I say goodbye by saying have fun, go nuts.